Hello, I'm Mario, the Artisan Rogue, and this is Radio 74. In this episode, I thought I'd talk about something akin to stasis. Mental stasis, really. This is something that had occurred to me over the last few weeks and months, really. Now, if you've been following this podcast that I do for any length of time, you'll know that I, I often will touch on things like mental health or personal stories of occurrences that make me reflect on life on just things in general that happen both professionally and personally and I got to thinking about how I've been stuck in a sort of a sort of stasis really I've just I wouldn't even say it's a rut but that might be my own self-defense mechanism kicking in Now, I don't know if any of you have ever felt this way or dealt with this sort of thing, but I'm going to be really honest in what I'm saying, as I normally am. um, It seems like this year, especially, has felt like it's been stuck on either repeat or pause. I know time is moving forward. You know, I get it. I, I see it. I feel it. It's... It manifests in so many things, the sun coming up, sun going down, Uh, you know, making progress on work or, you know, um, eating meals, whatever. You know, there's any number of steps that happen that make me very aware of the fact that time is passing. Now, that's neither a good thing nor a bad thing. It's just a thing. It's it's what it is. It's daily life. But there seems to be something that, and I've spoken to a few other people about this, where I feel like there are days that go by where I feel locked down or at least, I guess the word is guarded. I don't know. So I guess this is a good moment for me to kind of break this down while I'm talking about it. I had honestly planned on trying to write out some notes and kind of, this one I really wanted to be scripted at first, you know, where I had some really succinct thoughts and had the ability to kind of break it all down and go, well, what do I mean by stasis? If we were to define the word stasis, it's literally a holding pattern or immobilization or the inability to go anywhere, right? It's, it's, a, it's a very general definition. And I'm pretty sure I've, I think I've got that right. And today was a good example of something where I had a lot of things I wanted to get done. And um, I've noticed that this manifests in a lot of the stuff I've been doing with, you know, my creative efforts, but even on personal things where I feel like sometimes I, in the past, I often would be so busy trying to rush through life, trying to get through whatever I could just to get to either some free time or you know, get stuff done before I had to head to bed or, you know, before the weekend came so I could maybe enjoy my weekend, which never really, you know, manifested because I'd I'd either have a third or a second job that I'd have to do over the weekend or freelance would, you know, kick in, something like that. And right now I'm, I'm sitting in the studio right now and it's just me and my cat, Luna. She's over here on the side. Um, and I've just been petting her and watching her, but it's, Something where that is a nice and wonderful, familiar type of stasis for me. And when I say that, I mean, it's nice to have that constant. 
So I think there's there's two definitive um, versions of what I'm thinking. For me, there's constants and there's stasis. So the constants are these things that, at least for now, I, through meditation, through other things like that, have taken the time to understand, to appreciate the things that I do have in life, right? The things that come along and, and make me happy for what's there. And whether that's spending time with family members or my animals or whatever, which, you know, are also my family members, <laughs> or maybe it's just catching up with people or whatever. In the last podcast, I talked about having done, you know, um, Topeka FanCon and its inaugural uh, show. I, the first thing that happened when I got there was I parked and I, I was certain I saw Craig Klotz, my old buddy, helping out one of the other artists or vendors. And I walked in and I saw him and the feeling was mutual. We just walked up, gave each other a handshake and a hug. And in that moment, I felt like whatever stasis I had been in mentally, professionally, whatever, emotionally, it suddenly shattered instantaneously, right? That, that one, like a small section of it just broke away. And I felt pretty alive. I felt like, oh my God, it's, it's like old times, right? Now I could sit here and say that it was, you know, a, a, a nostalgia tinged or memory filled moment. And it was to a certain degree, right? I've been doing his shows for quite a few years. I was pretty heavily involved helping out in some of them. And, um, but it was just the moment of, of, of seeing my friend there and, uh, and being happy in that moment. And then seeing, you know, other friends of mine and people I knew, you know, coming in there and meeting new people and finally making, you know, connections with faces and names of people that I had seen, you know, on the circuit before, but never really been involved with at the show. And I felt like I had broken out of that, out of this, this, uh, you know, for lack of a better term, this stasis and started to feel like I was growing again. Right. But there was also this wonderful moment where these constants came in and I was like, well, you know, the good thing is, is that I still have people that I know, friends and, and, and that sort of thing that were there, right there for me. And, and it felt familiar and unlike being stuck in a rut, it was like, it's like, <laughs> this is a weird story, but I'll tell you guys this. Um, when I was young, I had a chair, a sofa chair that I grew up in. And to this day, it's still in my parents' storage unit. I haven't had the heart to get rid of it. I'm really not wanting to get rid of it. I want to drag it out of there and see if I can't salvage it. Right. Because when I was young, it belonged. It's like, it's really bizarre. If I can find a photo, I'll slap it on the, the, uh, the JPEG image for this podcast. Um, I took a picture of myself sitting on it when I first moved it out to the storage shed, like, 15 years ago or something. Um, when I was young, I, I sat in that chair, right? Um, I've, it has Kool-Aid stains on the liner, <laughs> it has all kinds of things. It's the upholstery on it is like this woven green, brown, black, beige, orange, sort of like weave. And it's beautiful and comfortable and worn. And, um, it's certainly seen better days. The springs are worn out, but I remember the last time I sat in it, it felt like a glove. I just, you know, like a familiar glove that I just, I, I, I sat in and I suddenly remembered every single time because my most, my most clear memories of that particular sofa chair were when I lived 
in Arizona on Davis Monthan Air Force Base. And uh, I would wake up on Saturday mornings and watch cartoons. It's the 80s. I can tell you even how most of them were that I watched. That was the only time I ever got up at like 5.30 in the morning so that I could get all cleaned up, washed up, everything else like that. And uh, I seriously did. Like, it's the old trope, but I really did go get either Pop-Tarts or cereal or something like that. And I would sit at a long long table, you know, uh, that would sit there in the middle of the living room. And I've got that, too, as well. And... um, and I couldn't let go of them because, you know, they were these constants, right? And even though, like, um, you know, it was something where those days are, are pretty gone, I held on to it. And that's and that's what this felt like, right? Because, like, no matter how many years went by, that chair was just something that was a definite connection. The large sofa that was once part of the set is now long gone. Other bits of furniture are long gone. This one is still sitting there. And like, there's tons of times I'm like, Oh God, there's probably spider eggs. Maybe mice have had babies in that thing. I don't, I don't know. You know, it's, it's not a great uh, storage area that it's in, but the reason I'm saying that is because when I look at that thing, that particular couch, that sofa chair, it brings back those memories. And I get this immediate sense of just comfort and warmth. And I'll be honest, you know, um, I've spoken about this before. <laughs> My parents don't really throw things away. They never have. And uh, and, that, and that's been something that I've struggled with in my adult life as well, too. And uh, it's been a point of contention for me for a long time. But because of that, there are things that I own that are, you know, wonderful relics of my youth. And um, And so that's something that even to this day, with much more modern aesthetic to it, you know, whenever I see something, whether it's a, an action figure or a book or maybe an old show, it fires up the same feeling I have when I finally get a chance to see friends that I may not have seen in person for a good year or two or three. Even previously, prior to the pandemic, I had cut back on shows. I was going through a pretty rough time and, you know, I was trying to make trying to make some headway at Hallmark, trying to get hired full time. And, you know, that was a folly. But like all things, you move on and you do what you can. And, you know, when when those sort of things happen, I, I've tried my best to, like, look toward the positive because I've talked to other people about that. Right. I don't know if you guys have dealt with this before, but whenever things seem down. Yeah, there's there is a palpable, you know, a, a palpable thing about depression that can prevent you from thinking about these things and and dealing with them. But I know that for for myself, at least, you know, even through that. Even when I was really heavy in, in my depression and dealing with a lot of other stuff, I was trying the darndest that I could to still focus and remember on whatever positives I had, right? These things that at least would let me breathe and, and think and do more than survive. They would, they would at least let me kind of remember and, and really indulge myself for that, you know, in, in those memories. And when I'm in a sort of stasis... That's not really happening. I'll give you a good example. Um, you know, like recently I've had a lot of problems trying to trying to keep myself on task professionally. Now, <laughs> if any of my clients ever heard this podcast, be like, great. Why did we hire him? But I'm being very honest. I'm still getting my work done. I'm still doing things as I can. Um, this has more to do with my own personal work. 
there's a lot of work, a lot of ideas. And some of them actually came up this this past uh, couple weekends ago whenever I was at the show. It came up where I was thinking about ideas and stuff I hadn't finished. And I've, I've done another episode on idea debt where, you know, you end up thinking about all these things and there's no palpable way to really get them done. You know, even all the money in the world doesn't s- solve that problem. And so I got to thinking about that. And... um and I think that, you know, that's one moment where there's very little constants in there. If there is a constant, it's the idea of those ideas. You know, there's things there that exist that I've like made copious notes about in my phone or in my notebooks or, you know, I have some rare sketches that I've done. But most of it is this weird ideology that begins to tie me down or hold me still, you know, really one and the same. And when that sort of thing happens, I've asked a lot of people, what do you do? And, you know, through some forums I belong to, through myriad numbers of hobbies that I have, I've spoken to different people. Um, some have said, you know, well, I'm, I'm a list maker. So I, I just, I make a list of things and I start knocking off things until I get down to five or 10 priorities, you know, five really, really heavy duty ones. And then maybe five that I, are fairly easy to get done in a short term factor. Um, some other people have said, you know, they focus on one, they ignore everything else. They may make a big list and may have 20 or 30 items on it, but they focus on just this one thing that is the one they've determined is the one that they really want to get done. And, um, sorry, I was taking a drink. My throat was getting dry. Um, some of the other things that I've talked about, you know, before have also dealt with I'm trying to understand what capacities you have. Now, all the lists in the world, all the priority making and list checking and all this other stuff in the world, the reminders on your phone, whatever you set, great, fantastic. It's a good step in the right direction. But if you lack motivation or you lack the ability for whatever reason to be able to accomplish these things, much less even face those things, that can be detrimental as well, too. And you end up feeling more like you're losing out on things. I'm not going to joke. If I were to look at my uh, my Google Calendar on my phone, I have things that repeat every single day. Now, some of them are, it's a point of attrition for me, where it's like, look, I'm going to do this and I'm going to remember this. Like every day I have posts to social media in some format. I used to have it broken down where it's like, you got to post to Instagram, you got to post to TikTok, got to post to this. That was never going to happen. That was just never realistic. So I just made it one goal. I, in that circumstance, I kind of honed it down because I was literally in a stasis. I was incapable of accomplishing this lofty set of ideals I had when on some days I can barely crawl out of bed if I'm not feeling great. So I decided, you know what, just do it to where you're posting at least once on some sort of social media. Even if it's just a ridiculous meme you share or something like that, you did something, right? Ideally, it was meant for trying to get me in the habit of, you know, promoting my own work or whatever, but that became problematic for me for a lot of other reasons. But I, so I thought, okay, well, maybe, maybe I can just start building a good habit out of trying to do something simple, like share something, whether it's just a joke or something funny I saw, or, you know, something that's newsworthy, whatever the case is, that's what I tried doing. Some of the other reminders I have on there too are like workout or, you know, at least be physical. Rarely, rarely succeed in that. Um, 
<laughs> there's a, a, some of the other ones in there too are like you know um oh gosh i gotta even look at it right now but I'm, i've got some other stuff up on my phone at the moment um just but those sort of things those reminders they're there and they're great to have them you know that is a good thing i believe that you know like if you listen to enough podcasts and stuff out there that talk about organization all this other stuff you know you tend to believe well maybe that's that's what's working for me but i also have been to enough therapy and i've been through enough of this you know long enough to understand that it's got to be some deeper seated stuff with me like what is it exactly that's holding me back so if you're listening to this and you've managed to stay around this long, this is something that happens to a lot of creative people. I mean, TikTok is filled with it. I see posts on Twitter. Occasionally I'll see it in Artist Alley on Facebook or things like that where people would talk about that. Many times when I've talked to people in person, it's kind of a different game, right? Because I found that when people will post something online, maybe not so much on TikTok, but on Twitter or even online and, you know, forums or, you know, on Facebook pages or something, there tends to be a little bit more honesty. It's weird, right? Because normally social media is completely, completely divergent of a lot of honesty in a lot of ways. But I think that some people will honestly put a real honest to God question out there or sentiments on how they feel like I'm not making enough on Etsy or this isn't working for me or why does my artwork suck? Why does nobody buy my stuff? whatever the case is, right? And we all have it, whether it's that or imposter syndrome or just feeling fatigue or, you know, whatever the case is, that those are things that can lock you into this rut, into this stasis. And they're, and I don't identify as those as constants because a constant to me is a positive of some sort. And um, for me right now, it's been a big issue. Like, how do I overcome this? It's getting bad enough to where my professional life will start taking a harder hit the longer this stays. And it becomes, you know, like it, it becomes a stasis in and of itself. I become so paranoid about not being able to accomplish my work or do things that, and I, you know, feel free to chime in if you do this. There have been days when I've come down to the studio and like I'm sitting here now, I was sitting here for just a second and, you know, it's important to pet my cat and, you know, give her the attention she wants and that sort of thing. But then I also felt like you're not going to get anything done right now unless you do something else. Now, one of the most low tech things I can do is record a podcast. And thankfully I have a few people that do listen to it and I sometimes get feedback every once in a while and that's great. So it's that little, that little extra kick that I like, you know, it's like, well, I'm going to put something else out there. I, I don't have to quote unquote be camera ready or whatever that is, or I don't have to be anything else. I can just be a voice on here. And it's so close to my original love of voice acting. But in this case, it's me just being as honest and open as I can about things. It's the one thing that allows me to break through the stasis that I have makes me feel like I'm doing something because it doesn't take much for me to record this in Adobe audition as I'm doing right now. I have the, I have multiple microphones set up for, for different reasons, but this is one where I can sit here comfortably in my chair. I can watch the equalizer band run on my computer screen and I can swing this arm over with my toner microphone on it and I can just start recording. And I've got a timer of course running. I know that I'm at 20 minutes and I try and keep it under 30 because 
Then I, after this, I open up my editing software and I've got everything set for basically 30 minute runs or something like that. And everything's ready to go. Now, those are the tricks I've had to learn for this. That'll help kick me out of that stasis, right? At least this is something I got, I got a podcast on. I managed to put it up. I know that later, if I ever decide to really jump into this more and try to start interviewing peers and friends and, you know, get that sort of stuff as part of this podcast, still waffling back and forth on that. There's a ton of people I know that are fascinating beyond belief that, and I really wanted to talk to them about their journeys, what they've gone through and all of these things. Right now, for me, this is very much something like I was saying that helps me get out of that stasis. And it has started to become something of a constant for me. I'm pretty proud of myself in the fact that I've managed to keep this podcast going for quite a while, but it's not the be all end all. It's not the answer to everything. It's just not. And one of the things that I've really become obsessed with lately has been, you know, asking people online, like, what do you do? What do you do when you have a mind full of ideas? You have all of these crazy contortive concepts that are just, you know, wriggling around in your headspace. How do you get them out? It's not for the lack of software or resources or other things like that necessarily. Lord knows I have a lot of different things that I can utilize for writing or for drawing. I've got a ton of art supplies. If there's any one addiction I have, it's buying too many art supplies when I've already got a whole handful that I've never even used. No, the problem is that, and I had to really dig deep for this, because I know that there's quite a few people that have said, well, you're probably just scared of this. There might be some truth to that about fear, right? About being scared of, of trying to do this and failing. But I was really being honest with myself the other day. And the more that I began to write, the more I began to think about things, the more I began to try and understand where I was heading, the more I began to realize that it wasn't fear or at least fear in how I understood it. It was more akin to the idea that I didn't have the, the ability to see beyond this, this hole that I'm in. And I guess that's the best metaphor I can use. And it's, it's, an, it's been an interesting challenge because what I didn't realize was this stasis that I'm in right now, creatively and, um, and in a lot of ways, emotionally. Well, I've been stuck in the same place for so long that I've started to, to not only trample the grass down to dirt, but I think I've worn the dirt down a few inches, if not a couple of feet. It's getting harder to see what's on the horizon. That's a pretty, pretty scary place to be in a lot of ways. And I've spoken to other people who've gone through that. And I've had people tell me some different things like, well, you know, at least you can admit that. At least you can see that now before the whole completely envelops you. And I guess that's a good thing. I've had other people tell me too, that in a circumstance like that, there's no better way to get around it, overcome it or anything than to simply, well, crawl out of the hole, try and move forward. Now that one may be, you know, tinged with a bit of fear in there, 
But for me, I also think that a lot of it is that I worry that maybe a bit of passion has been lost for what I do. And every single time I've ever brought that up to other creatives, I don't think there's been one that has ever really been completely open about that. I think it's a palpable fear that a lot of people have. But when I say that, it sounds like something you'd expect to read on a museum, right? Like this artist's passion was inflamed. And so he decided to paint 500 oil paintings in a month. Um, Well, I'm not necessarily talking about that, but yeah, I, I guess so. You see, what I'm saying is this. I realized something I was, first of all, let me start off by saying there's a lot of amazing things to watch on Netflix. And this show, this one particular show had a, uh, a point that was made. It was, I think, exploring the mind. And I've been addicted to those shows. But there was one in there they talked about. And the reason I remember this was because they were making, it was talking about um, the creative capacity. And it had the lead singer of the Talking Heads on there whose name I, of course, can't remember right now. And uh, and they talked about his career, you know, how he was a filmmaker and an actor and a producer and, you know, a record label owner, as well as a vocalist and a musician. And, you know, he's in the talking heads. And which also, you know, makes him out to be quite the visionary and a lot of other things. For a long time, I loved dabbling into different things. I still do. When I was younger, I played Warhammer, which, for those of you who don't know what that is, it's a tabletop miniatures war-based sort of game. And sure, you can buy the little miniatures and play them, but I like to paint them and come up with ideas and scenery and, you know, dress the bases with flocking and fake grass and weeds, rocks, whatever. You know, paint these armies up and make a history about them. There's a lot of other things, other hobbies that over the years I've loved. Now... Unfortunately, I found, and this is something that I recently discovered in my own sessions, a lot of my hobbies, interests and stuff have fallen by the wayside. They've fallen into their own stasis. And very much a lot of the places where I would have gotten any influence, any inspiration, I locked away from myself. Some of it may have been because, you know, as we get older, sometimes we have less energy. Not everyone. I'm generalizing horribly here. Um, Sometimes we, you know, when we're faced with things like these maddening last two years of, you know, isolation and weirdness and oddness. That kind of change can also bear down on you. And maybe things that may have been wonderful flights of fancy just don't seem as uh, as necessary when. Quite to the contrary, they are. I can remember a few years ago, every single time I bought a Lego set, I'd spend a day or a couple of days that week, depending on the uh, overall complexity of it, putting it together. I have a shelf underneath my workbench that is filled with Gunpla, Gundam models, robotic models of all kinds. Um, I've got shelves of books and video games. Games I haven't played yet. Books I haven't even begun to read. When I was in high school, you couldn't pry some of the novels out of my hands. I would fall asleep reading them at night. I'd be 
carrying bags that would rival Samsonites underneath my eyes the next day at school. And nine times out of ten, even as tired as I was when I was younger, I could remember, because I journaled back then as well, how crazy my imagination was. In fact, I still carry a lot of those ideas to this day. And part of my problem has been, how do I resurrect the joy, the immediacy, and the um, the passion to get back into what I once did, what I once enjoyed, and bring it back around full circle? I've wrestled with this for a long time because there are people that will say that, you know, we have to grow up and all these other things. And that's true. I mean, I got to do my taxes. I have to be responsible for things. I even called my bank today for a serious question. But there are times, too, whenever you should be able to just enjoy doing whatever. I, today was a really good example. I had done some uh, some pretty kick-ass artwork for a buddy of mine, Terry Taylor, who runs 1313 Mockingbird Lane, a wonderful toy store in Lawrence, Kansas. If you're in that area, please go out there and see that. Um, they were also on a toy store near you, which is a wonderful production put out by Nacelle Company, um, which is Brian Volk's Weiss's company. Um, they're, they're not like in any way connected to me, aside from the fact they are awesome people. <laughs> All of them. And it was really fun stuff. And today I had a little bit of a wonderful moment in that the other day I'd received a rather large box and this was really cool. Um, he's a great client because one of the things he's able to do is like, you know, I do trade with him and I, I, I have stopped doing trades with anybody else for the most part. Um, but with Terry, it's a win-win. He had a, he had sent me a massive box of goodies. If you follow my Instagram account, eighties days gone by, um, you can go check it out. I was really into collecting this series called Action Fleet, which was uh, put out by Micro Machines by the company Galoob. And it, they had a line back in the 90s, mid-90s to late 90s for um, Star Wars. And it's these scaled uh, plastic and metal miniatures that, you know, are fairly decent size. And I had a few in my collection from when I was younger. And then um, I happened to offhandedly remark, hey, do you... If you have any of those, you know, that would be something I'd be willing to trade out for. And I got a whole box of them, <laughs> including including the Star Trek The Next Generation uh, transporter room, which is also phenomenal. I can't wait to get that set up. But I'd gotten this box, and when I woke up today, I was excited. I was so excited that when I had to, when I had to go work, I, the day I got it, it was just sitting on the front step. And I'm like, holy, oh my God, it's, holy crap, it's out here. And I took it with me to work just to stare at it on my lunch break, open it up, look in there and everything. I was stunned and um, just just blown away about everything that was in there, um, including some things I didn't even know existed. So then this morning when I got up, I spent probably about three or four hours because I have this wonderful uh, display that's on my studio ceiling of like all these things that are hanging down, you know, like just different things that I've got suspended in the air via fishing line and some eyelet screws and i added more tie fighters and imperial ships to one side and then over here on the other side i added a bunch of x-wings and y-wings and just all this other stuff and it came it just came out looking beautiful and every single time i lay back in my chair and look up 
it's one of those things that I realized right after I got done putting the last A-wing up on my ceiling. I was like, wow, this is, this is now a constant for me. For however long this lasts, this is a wonderful little constant here. And it made me get out of my stasis a bit. It made me just enjoy one of my hobbies, which is, you know, remembering and loving things from my childhood and having them here again, including things I never had and enjoying that. So in one way, I was able to discover that for myself. And it made me realize that sometimes I can take things too seriously. And that sounds weird because I don't ever take very much seriously in life. I don't not not a lot of things I don't. Um, and that and that can be a bad thing, because for a long time, I also didn't take seriously my own business. And uh, I'd probably be a lot further along had I done that. But instead of focusing on the negative, I decided to go ahead and just Focus on the things that made me feel really good. So with that, I'm going to end this. This is going to be one of the poems that I have that's coming up on a poetry collection that I am self-publishing. I may have read this before, but if I have, just kind of bear with me. So this is a song, or not a song. I'm not going to sing. Ain't no singing happening right now. I'm drinking soda. That ain't going to happen right now. Um, So I'm just going to go ahead and read it. But this is something, one of the constants that I do enjoy is rain. Rain makes me think of... The few times it would rain in Arizona, sitting outside playing with the the neighborhood kids. We'd be playing with our G.I. Joes and gardens, you know, and, and losing parts and figures and stuff like that. Um, you know, it also would remind me of the really heavy rains that would happen in Kennedy, Texas. The rains that would come down over the mountain when I lived in Piancovallo, Italy. Just, I think everybody listening to this has moments like that with specific types of winter, you know, patterns or rainy patterns or or maybe even the sun reminds you of really good days on vacation or just out playing around in the neighborhood or whatever. But rain, the icker of it has always gotten to me. So here we go. Standing, watching rain fall from the back door, the patterns of droplets shifting with the wind. Light thunder echoes in the distance, announcing there was sunlight it helped rescind. Do you ever watch the droplets fall? Each one a possibility, every one a chance moment, barely a second to appreciate how fleeting the moment they exist is before they hit a surface, hot or cold, new or old, only to evaporate or invigorate. The colors of the world, saturated and stark, allow the soil to drink, give us time to think as the rhythmic beat begins to abate. The wind dies down, silence of life perks up, the few droplets late in the moment fall and bend a puddle of view of reality reverberate with a low-key pitter-patter, like a small harmony that unfolds, whispers secrets and thoughts you've already been told. Not much in life is constant, nothing really is, but I hope the joy of a rainstorm will stay with me even when I'm old. Thanks so much for listening, guys. I appreciate it. I am Mario the Artisan Rogue. You can find me on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And I will be having new content coming out for YouTube. Thank you so much for all of you that do follow me on those things. On Instagram, I am also under 80s Days Gone By. And I, uh, I know that sometimes it can be a challenge to get things done. But I do want to leave you with the idea that anything is possible. 
it just takes some work to get there. And I think just being able to realize that can be a big step in the right direction. I'll talk to you guys in the next episode.